0: Everyone's a critic nowadays, especially the host of this very podcast. But when Rotten Tomatoes launched in 1998, it quickly became the recognized arbiter of cinematic good taste for a generation. In today's conversation, we debate the accuracy of the critics versus the fans rating system on Rotten Tomatoes, the site's ownership by Comcast Universal and Warner Brothers, and whether or not Rotten Tomatoes is still relevant in a world where opinions are in abundance online. And we close things out by going through a short list of highly and not so highly regarded films to see where they fall on the thermometer. I'm Adrian Johnson, and as always, thanks for listening.
1: Did you know that Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Comcast Universal and Warner
0: Brothers? When did that happen? Uh, I'll tell you. Okay, because that seemed like a that seemed like a like a conflict. Conflict yeah. that because i be you gotta wonder why them Fast and Furious movies made by Universal be getting them high marks. Right? Mmm. Mm, mm. mm-hmm. In 2016,
1: Rotten Tomatoes and its parent f- site Flickster were sold to Comcast Fandango and Mm. but warner brothers uh purchased uh part of the company in 2010. so for the last Mm. 10-15 years strong Mm -hmm. they have been um they've been owned by warner brothers owns 25 percent universal owns nbc universal owns 75 percent now we Mm -hmm. we know both of them make hella movies right -hmm. So, it's like you said, how how does that really work out? You know?
0: Yeah, now now that I know that, yeah, I'm going to keep that in mind when I start seeing those ratings. Because sometimes those uh, Rotten Tomato ratings are kind of dubious to me. Okay. It's like, now y'all know good and well. Come on. Come on. So, so
1: it's it's funny (laughs) you say that because I I have a list of films at the end that I want to present. I want to see if yeah. you can guess what the Rotten Tomatoes rating is for these films. Some of them are highly regarded, some are a little known, and then some are, mm-hmm. you know, plain old, you know, dog shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see if you can if you can get within you know let's say ten ten percent of what Rotten Tomatoes uh, rates it as uh, rates it at, and uh, and see how that plays out. But All right. the idea of discussing. Well, for us to discuss Rotten Tomatoes, it really takes me back to, um, you know, like there was a time where the film critic was really king and queen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Remember when we were kids and people used to look in the newspaper and you go to the movie section and it'd be two or three pages of movies and people would buy big print ads and you'd see like yeah. a summer blockbuster and you'd
0: see like a blurb where Siskel and Ever
1: give it a thumbs up or.
0: Or Ele- Eleanor Ringel down here in the uh, Journal Constitution. Yes,
1: Eleanor Ringel here in Atlanta or Pauline kale or uh, Richard Malton, mm-hmm. you know, all of these revered critics who would, you know, they would literally get, it's like the Roman Coliseum, you know, the gladiators. It's either thumbs up or, you know, thumbs down or, or thumbs sideways, I guess, if it was, you know, they gave them two stars out of four or whatever it was. You know, and even going yeah. back to the show, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert's uh, television show where they would, you know, review movies in a movie theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, all of that was the only way we really knew from a critical perspective whether something might be worth our time or not worth our time, you know, until we really get into the '80s and the '90s, where it's the age of, um, where movie stars could literally sell a movie. I mean, it's probably been that way for some decades now. You know, before then, mm-hmm. would you say? I mean, would you say that that started in the '70s and the '80s, or did it or did it happen in the '60s and the '30s and
0: '50s and '40s, et cetera? um i think the element of that has always been there of course you know you can look at like old pictures and see like you know they spilt they would build like those special billboards you know clark gable and it's a, a larger <laughs> life picture of clark gable standing over the marquee mm-hmm. for whatever movie it is or anything like that okay but i think it really got supercharged in the uh in the 80s where you started getting that whole syndrome of the big head movie poster. All you need is a picture of the dude's face, Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. That's all it had to say. Mm-hmm. And then the title of the movie. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Stallone, then the title of the movie.
1: Right, right. Or, you know, uh, Julia Roberts, if she was in a, uh, specifically if she's in like a romantic comedy, oh, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's gold. That's gold. That's, that's, they're printing money yep. at that point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so, like, even... Mm -hmm. I think maybe what I'm alluding to is is as we get into the late 70s and the 80s, you have mall culture coming alive, you have arcade culture coming alive, and you have the cineplex becoming a thing. Mm. Prior to that, it was... People would have, you know, theaters in their towns. These would be independently owned theaters. They might play the latest blockbuster, or they might not. They might be playing something else. There were more art house films or, or theaters that featured... Probably films that were not funded by big corporate studios. Yeah. And so now we, you know, in the eighties, we have the multiplex, where we have, you know, one big theater and it's got, you know, eight, nine, ten screens. And and then from there into the late eighties and in the nineties, now you get into oh, Beverly Hills Cop Two is coming out. It's going to be playing on two screens in the eight screen, you know, Cineplex. Yeah. So now you have. Double the opportunity for people to see a movie that's popular and that's being promoted like crazy, you know, and all of that. But so looking at the newspaper used to be where we would go for this stuff. And then at some point, you know, the critics move from print and magazines and in newspapers and then to online to, you know, blogs Mm. and websites and whatnot. And now really like even to like podcasts, you know. Yeah. You know, that's where a lot of movie criticism and a lot of recommendations go or where we where we get a lot of them from but um when did you when do you recall first hearing about rotten tomatoes and it being kind of a thing where people would say oh it got a so-and-so on rotten tomatoes and then you made a say oh okay hmm
0: yeah in my in my 20s i would say in my very early 20s so this is like in early aughts okay um um shortly thereafter where the whole rise of ain't it cool news and mm-hmm. you know other like kind of blogsters like that uh, specifically film blogging mm-hmm. you know started to really gain traction and become a thing it seemed like around that time rotten tomatoes you know really came into the fold and for a time you know i kind of took that as gospel you know, because it's, it's very easy. It's very easy for the layperson to see, OK, is it certified fresh? OK, there's a whole tomato there looking juicy and ripe. <laughs> 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 or is it like, is it not? Is it rotten? And you see a, just a splat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Real easy, real easy, you know, iconography for you to say, OK, yay or nay. You know, it's the same thing as the, the Siskel and Eber thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, type of thing. Right. You know. And so I know for me, uh, especially when I was a heavy moviegoer, you know, in my late teens and particularly my early 20s, -hmm. I really went by, you know, those Rotten Tomato ratings for sure.
1: See, I kind of did as well. Um, I don't recall exactly when I first heard about it and I started kind of leaning on it. But Mm -hmm. as I became, certainly in the 90s, I was really, you know, in my early cinephile period where I was, you know, I was renting movies and. Recording them and you know, and then when DVDs came along I was buying DVDs and then I I would go to used DVD stores and 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 pawn shops to try to find copies of DVDs You know, and you know, and you know me I always wanted the ones with the extra material in it so that I could all of that I want all them things All them shits But and then, Mm. you know, I was the type of person where if I saw a great movie I was like, okay, well, is there any kind of the same way I would do with comics where you know, I'd find a great Howard Chaykin comic. Well, what else has Howard Chaykin done? What else mm. has John Byrne done? What else has, you know, D- Frank, D- Miller, D- Frank Miller. Miller or what, is yeah. the, what else is Richard, you know, uh, excuse me, um, Doug Mitch written? You know, like he's, he's writing this Batman thing with Kelly Jones. What else is he written? You know, Okay. Mm-hmm. and so similarly, if I found a movie or if I found a genre that I was really you know, into, what else was there that was like this? And then I also kind of wanted to know, okay, because I'm I'm someone where if something is similar to something else, I won't be like, oh, this is a pulp fiction ripoff. Some mm. some pulp fiction ripoffs are still pretty darn good. Some of them are trash. Oh.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what Tarantino birthed with pulp fiction led me down the road to find other things, other basically other crime fiction. You know, stuff that came out years before, previously, in the 80s and the 70s, and even into the 60s, you know, was something like, Mm. uh, was it Point Blank with uh, Lee Marvin? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. You know, and then stuff moving forward that was obviously influenced by him. And, you know, those people might be considered acolytes, the filmmakers of of Tarantino's. But at some point, I started leaning on stuff like this to say, okay, is this worth the investment? Because, you know, if you rent a movie... You're pretty much committed. You might as well watch it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you don't pay the three ninety nine or two ninety nine or five ninety nine or whatever it is. You might as well watch it. You know? Yeah, you got to. Yeah. And if, <laughs> and if it's two hours, you know. And this is, you know, Rotten Tomatoes was launched in 1998, so it was launched obviously in the internet era. Um, you know, where looking things up online and trying to find, you know, do some research was definitely like it was a normal part of our everyday lives at that point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think maybe probably. Late nineties, early two thousands. You know, at some point in that same era, where I was like, okay, okay, is this any good? You know, what's the rating on it? You know, who, you know, is it? And I, and still going. I was still going back to like, you know, Cicely and Ebert, and Pauline kale and people like that. You know, to see what they mm-hmm. had to say about movies. But so let me ask you this: as it relates to a high rating, like now, in your in present day, where you are a much more mature minded person, you know, you you have your own opinions. You know, they may be a little inflexible in certain places, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now, like when you see something has like a 90 percentile on Rotten Tomatoes or is, or is below 50 percent, do you take that to heart? Does it have any impact on you? In other words, if you saw something, you say, OK, let's say, for instance, in some, some distant universe, yeah. Tarantino puts out a movie. And it's got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I know you're a Tarantino stand, so, you know, you, you're going to see it
0: anyway. Yeah, of course. But, yeah.
1: Would that give you pause? Would you be like, Tarantino got a
0: 40%? It actually would. It actually would. But, you know, um in this latter-day age, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes, I do look at some of those ratings with a very jaundiced eye. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't know. Like, that... Because it's, it's with any type of criticism, it's always going to be flavored by, you know, um, the zeitgeist, if you will, mm-hmm. that the film is being presented in. But also, you know, what, what's the what's the popular uh, opinion? You know, now there have been times where critics like especially like Siskel and Ebert, in particular Ebert. He's gone back and, you know, revised his ratings. Yes, he has. In, in yes, light, he has yeah, exactly. <laughs> in light of, oh, oh, this movie has gained traction over the years. Oh, I don't want to look like an idiot for posterity. You know what I'm right. saying? Let me go back and fix this up. Right. That's how I feel kind of about Rotten Tomatoes. Because I have to wonder how much of that now, since it's a viable part of the machine, quote unquote, mm-hmm. how much of that is really... Um, the quality of the film versus, hey, we need to move box office this opening weekend, and we know that if we put Rotten Tomatoes, whatever the high rating is, a uh, quick blurb in that commercial on TV, you know, Rotten Tomatoes says 96 point certified fresh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. People are going to hear that and say, oh, oh, you know, and go see it kind of based off of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. It depends. Like, if it's a movie and I know the quality of the director or the production or the stars or what have right. you, and I think like, no, nah, that's kind of that's kind of low. I'm still gonna see it anyway, but that that just seems very low to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by a jaundiced eye, just in terms of mm mm. I don't know. They don't. They don't seem right. Something ain't. Something ain't right, yo.
1: So I feel the same way. I will use your term, a jaundiced eye. I would do the same thing, you know. And I'm I'm a fan of Tarantino and and a bunch of other filmmakers like you are, but it would certainly be like, eh, really, really, yeah. he he's in the forty percentile. That 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 seems kind of off. Now, granted, Rotten Tomatoes is the aggregates they use are critics, you know. Critics, whether they give it a positive or negative uh, review, and then they mm-hmm. also have a popcorn or basically what a fan, an audience member thought of this movie. Oh, yeah. That's so right. you've got those two two different tiers to kind of choose from where you may see, and it, sometimes there is a chasm between them where one is way higher than the other. And all that really says to me is, is as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned, is that let's say if it's a high audience rating, popcorn rating, but the tomato is lower, that Mm -hmm. it was a very entertaining film, but maybe it didn't have a lot of substance to it, what we would call quote unquote substance, you know? Or Mm -hmm. it wasn't super well written or the plot had some holes in it. But, you know, there are some people, I just talked to a coworker the other day uh, who was saying that, you know, he literally just goes to the movies, you know, from just mindless entertainment and just escapism. That's all he's looking for. So yeah. if I ask him, you know, what are some of the tropes in movies that, you know, that that annoy you and that, that you like or whatever, he says he couldn't think of one because he says he just sits down, turns mm-hmm. his brain off, and goes on a ride, you know, be it a Marvel movie or Star Wars or a shoot 'em up or you know, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. But I agree with you that the idea of a certain quality of filmmaker getting a low rating, and it happens to all of them at some point, maybe not Tarantino. He might st- he might be in like the eighty and above on Rotten Tomatoes for all of his movies. I think he.
0: I was going to say. I think yeah, we can, think we like can
1: safely assume that make that assumption and, and and probably be correct. He's probably at least eighty oh, and yeah. above, easily. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that I do find for myself is that whether it's Rotten Tomatoes, whether it's uh, friends online on social media whether it is somebody um, texting me and telling me about something, yeah, I more often find, but specifically RT, Rotten Tomatoes, if they say it's good, it's questionable whether or not I might agree that this is a good film. Hmm. But if they say it's bad, I almost always agree. So, I th- so I think we okay. all kind of know when something is missing, but we don't all agree on when something is hitting. Mm. You know what I mean? So, f- yeah. for instance, you know, there have been people who you know who'll say, you know, like uh, I had a coworker say to me one time, she was talking about um, Higher Learning, the movie. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, if you ever went to you know like a a, 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 a college where you know you were you are a minority and it was predominantly white college." You would relate to this experience and you would love the movie. And I told her, I said, well, that's not what movies are about. Movies are supposed mm-hmm. to be about whatever they're about. And you're supposed to be, as filmmakers, you're supposed to make me as an audience member engage with the subject matter. So it, it could be a, mm-hmm. a movie about a pedophile. But if it's well done enough and it's, it could still be entertaining, even though the the, 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 the the subject of the movie might be repulsive. Seriously.
0: I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, You know, I mean, you know, think like about movies okay, serial killers, killers or, yeah. and
1: you know slashers. Okay, who doesn't love Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween? Which, you know, yeah, you're right. you know, you're right. So, you know, so I don't have to be a serial killer or a slasher in order to enjoy Halloween. You know, I was never in the Marines to enjoy Commando. You know, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm not an Irish or an Italian gangster, but Goodfellas is still my shit. So, so in that regard, you know, it it shouldn't matter what the movie is about. The, the filmmaker's job is to tell an entertaining story and an engaging yeah. story. You know, so but do you do you do you think that there's does any of that play for you? That you know, whether they give it high marks or whether they give it low marks, does that does it line up with your with your um, your particular opinion or, or on a film.
0: That's very interesting. The way that you stated it, like when, because I have a trusted circle of friends, you know, you and D and a few other guys, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we all kind of like, we're not, we're not quite a hive mind, but I would rather say we have similar sensibilities, mm-hmm. you know, about you know the type of um, films that we enjoy or whatnot, you know, and just as people. So. If you guys like you said, if you guys say something is um, is bad, and it's like, yeah, they probably got some good reasons <laughs> and it's gonna be a bit more <laughs> and it's gonna be a bit more elaborate than just oh, I ain't like that. Oh, I, ain't, I ain't like that right No, you're gonna be able to elaborate on why and give me specific reasons right. But to your point about if someone says it's good, you like, mm and then you see it on, Rotten Tomatoes, oh, they give it a certified fresh or wet night. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to weigh, you're trying to weigh that balance against, okay, like for instance, like a fast and furious movie. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, this is how does this have a ninety-two percent fresh? You know, but we all know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) We know what time it is. Right. You know, but again, it goes back to what your coworker was saying. You know, I bet that popcorn rating is off the charts. Right. You know, right. Because that's what it's made for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah. Uh, to me, these days, I, I don't I don't take a lot of credence in Rotten Tomatoes like I did when I was younger mm-hmm. or as a, a young adult. You know, I do tend to take more word of mouth. You know, from you guys and you know my circle. You know, um, as opposed to like even popular opinion. Right. You know. Yeah.
1: Right. Because you know, like for you know, from two thousand eight to two thousand fifteen, or, or excuse me, two thousand eighteen or nineteen. You know, mm-hmm. Marvel was trending. Oh dear. so, you know, they almost couldn't miss they did miss, you know, Door of the Dark World and you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Two and mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three, you know, uh Civil War, I mean it was a bunch of misses in there for me, you know. But <laughs> but they were trending for a while. So, like you said, public opinion yeah. and box office is gonna be one thing. But, you know, what is the, really the quality of the movie? What is really the quality of, of the final product? And, you know, will people really go back and revisit Age of Ultron? Probably not. Hell no. You know, right. um, it may have made a bunch of money, but probably not. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is, is, like you said, if people like something, like, you know, I was talking about my, my coworker. What? Why do they like it? Or like, what is You know, because sometimes something will get a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I will watch it, and I don't like the tone, like the mm-hmm. tone of the film. Oh, mm-hmm. this subject matter is definitely my jam, but the t- but right. the tone of it is off. Like, why are they joking? You know, or why why are they so serious? Or you know, mm-hmm. or the way it's shot, where I'll be like, okay, this is this is a good idea, but this is shot like somebody who's uh, like a director from television.
0: You know who's mm-hmm. very
1: basic, and it's just like you know, my eye is just not engaged to the cinema of it all, so to speak. You know, right. um, even with mm-hmm. someone like like Dwight, where when Dwight recommends something, I have I have learned over the years, tell me more before I engage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, Continue. Continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and, you know, no disrespect to D, but his sensibilities about certain kinds of movies are different from my own. You know, he likes getting into something mm-hmm. where there's a very detailed, you know, a very rich tapestry of a world. And, you know, and you don't quite know what's going on. You have to kind of figure out how the world works and, you know, who the characters yeah. are and how they interact in this world. and. You know, he's very much about the journey where, you know, for myself, I'm like, you know, a lot of that I, I don't really enjoy. I, I like to kind of have a sense of what's going on within the first 20 or 30 minutes so that now mm-hmm. I can properly be on the ride, you know. And there, gotcha. there are definitely examples of films and television shows where that wasn't the case and I still really, really thoroughly enjoyed myself. But just my sensibilities and his, you know, they, they diverge there, they, they part there. And so sometimes when he'll recommend something, I say, "You've heard me say this to him before. Is it I is have. it good or is it Dwight good? <laughs> Dwight good, yep,
0: <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> so, uh, uh,
1: so I, you know, you have to kind of take it take it with a, a bit of a grain of salt, but yeah, um, man, did you realize? Again, Rotten Tomatoes was launched. It's a California based company, so it comes right out of that kind of Silicon Valley ish era. Kind mm, of a startup. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's launched in 1998. Oddly enough, right during the movie phone era. Remember movie phone? Uh, hello. Hello, it's
0: Movie Thank Phone. Thank you for calling yes. Movie Phone. Brought to you <laughs> by phone. New yes. Rock 99X. 99X, wow! If you, <laughs> <wow. laughs> if you, if you
1: want to see movie number one, press one now. Press one, yep. Press two now.
0: <laughs> Enter now. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember the days. Oh my goodness, yes. For, for, for any millennials who were actually born in the
1: 90s and don't remember this, we used to actually dial a phone number the phone mm-hmm. number would say choose a theater near you and then the guy on the, the the automated voice would tell you what movies were playing at this theater and what time
0: at what time and yep. ask
1: you what which one you wanted to see at, like and that's how we found out about movies if you didn't have a newspaper in front of you
0: oh yes mm-hmm. you know it's
1: like movie phone brought to you by whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Man. so that came up during the, that era certainly early early internet of course you know 98, 99 uh, yeah. you know so on and so forth but um, that was the way that we we got this information and, and it was there was really nothing else to uh, to kind of compare it to but yeah, so do you think now because here's the thing you know hmm. movie phone movie phone excuse me Rotten Tomatoes certainly is held in some regard even today. Like it was probably for a generation from that 90, early 2000s to probably in the last 20 years, last to 2020, it was probably Mm -hmm. the arbiter of cinematic quality and of good taste for a generation of people to kind of refer to. But I wonder now that we are in the age of you know, not just Facebook, not just Twitter, but, you know, Instagram, um, you know, Snapchat is long gone. But, you know, there there are all kinds of social media outlets where everybody can log in, get online. Everybody can put an avatar. Everybody can post something that gets attention. Everybody can post something that gets conversation going. And more important to this conversation, everybody has a platform upon which to spout their opinion on a song or an actor or a television show or a movie or an album or a book or a politician or some other famous person or, or any any number of topics. So now I yeah. almost wonder, because like you just said a few minutes ago, I'm more inclined to, like for instance, i give you an example. I'm more inclined to take a, 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 a recommendation from a friend, even one online that I've never met in person then maybe I am from a critic or from perhaps even like, you know, if Rotten Tomatoes were some way trying to encourage me to watch something. Like, um, mm-hmm. Attack the Block. Mm-hmm. I remember Sterling Schroeder was online and when they announced it, uh, or they showed the teaser trailer for The Force Awakens and John Boyega was in and He was like, oh, I love this guy. He was in Attack the Block. And I was like, what's Attack the Block? And mm-hmm. then I, asked, I messaged him and asked him, oh, it's great, you should check it out, so on and so forth, so forth. I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. And then, of course, years later, I finally did get around to seeing it and loved the movie. But that's where oh. I got that recommendation from. I probably wouldn't have found it any other way, at least pre-Netflix, pre-Prime, pre HBO Max and all of them saying, hey, if you like this, you might like that. You know. But what mm-hmm. about you? Do you think that Rotten Tomatoes might potentially lose uh, more of its credibility as people begin to continue to live online more and share opinions online?
0: You, I, I think I think so. I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. It almost harkens back to the days of going to the video store, if you will, and you know you're browsing the aisles, you know whatnot, mm-hmm. and you just happen to strike up a conversation with uh, a random you know shopper, you know who's just renting just like you. And just based on, they might say, "Oh man, you know what? What, what you written? Oh, okay, you got that Jackie Chan movie. Hey, you seen this other older Jackie Chan movie? Right. Or have you seen this or what? Son- like Sonny Chiba oh, or
1: you know whomever. You got in later on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you have those boots on the ground, if you will. Instead of listening to these critics or whatnot, you have another person that's parallel to you, that's a correlation to you in terms of." you know, you guys enjoying films and you see that you guys have similar sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm going to trust this other person's. you know, who I'm either an acquaintance of or, you know, I know based on a friendship or again, that acquaintance that we have similar sensibilities. I'm going to look at, I'm, I'm going to take their opinion, you know, a bit more stronger than just, you know, this other opinion, which may actually be co-opted by you know corporate masters right if you will right or there's an underlying agenda of yeah you better rate this high because you're trying to get this first weekend box office that type of thing. right you know what i'm saying right yeah
1: and that's exactly what was going on with sterling where i was like okay i you know i've met sterling before he's a smart guy you know he's a he's mm-hmm. a creative you know he he seems to have good taste you know, so, you know, I, t- I took it as, you know, let me go ahead and check it out and see and see what I think. And then, lo and behold, I really, really dug the movie. Um, yes. So, And I think that there are probably um, other examples of that where we can think where, like, uh, like you're saying, like the record store or a CD shop or the video store. But also, too, like the guys working behind the counters where, yes. you know, there's one person who works at the store who you kind of have kind of a, a casual acquaintanceship with. And they've recommended other things that you like and you say, well, you know, if 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 you know, if Eddie said this or Bob said that or if, if Angie said this was good, I'm gonna definitely give it a shot. You know. Yeah. And then mm. so you give it a shot and then like, okay, you know, lo and behold. But I think now, like for me, because and I wanna go back to what you said about corporate masters here in a second, but Yeah, like now we do have streamers. Like Netflix and HBO Max and Prime and Hulu and so forth, and, you know, and they'll license you know certain films that are available for you to see in their uh, in their in their libraries, and yeah. they're quick to, especially Netflix. Hey, if you like this, you might like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Netflix will even go so far as, as if you go to the search field and search a movie that you want, you put in the title, even if they don't have the movie, it, the, the, it'll populate the name. And you're like, oh, they got this, yeah. and you click on it. Well, if you like that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get your get your hackles all up like, "Oh, really? Oh."
1: Yeah, it's like, "Oh, if, <laughs> if you like Die Hard, we got like 10 Die Hard rip-offs here that you can watch." Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you going to have the title populate in the search field but you don't have the movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh,
0: man. <laughs> but
1: to go back to Rotten Tomatoes to to the point where I do kind of give stuff credence where you know there have been times where they've recommended movies and i'm like i've never heard of this this is not mm. a netflix film this is definitely like a you know a film that was you know funded by another studio and i'll go and i'll google it and usually you know like if you google a movie usually the first thing you'll see is uh the rotten tomatoes rating and yes. and then you'll also see where you can watch it at what streamer is it available on you know Right. So sometimes I'll, I'll make a list of things and put, put them on my watch list and then I'll, I'll Google and I'll say, OK, this one's got a pretty high rating. Is, so it might be decent. I'll give it a shot. I'll take a look at it and, and I'll see what I think. And sometimes, like I said, mm-hmm. the tone may be off and it just may not be my jam. And then other times it, there have been things that I really, really, really dug. Um, I did that when I told you during the pandemic, when I was watching a lot of uh, Korean action movies. Yes. I read mm-hmm. an article, I Googled an article, you know, Korean action movies and Korean thrillers or whatever, and it had like 20 movies that recommend it. And they're, they're, they're Korean productions, so I mean, I don't, I don't have any way to, to know whether they're any good or not other than to Google and see, okay, what did the critics say or how do people feel about it in a general sense. And uh, and a lot of them were really great. Some of them, yeah, just okay, just okay. Uh, but a lot of them were, were really great, you know, and, and it kind of matched, you know, the rating, so.
0: Hmm interesting. Now I wonder in regards to that though, Swizz, you know, you do have this whole thing of months before, you know, films come out, especially for major Hollywood productions, it seems like, especially with trailers, this is a common, you know, complaint amongst our moviegoers, and you know, we've even mentioned it ourselves, that based on a trailer, you almost have seen the whole movie, yeah. you know, before it comes yeah. out. So in... In regards to that, in addition to, you know, the Rotten Tomato rating or the critics rating or whatnot, it almost uh, gives you a prejudicial sense of, you know, hmm, I've already seen most of the movie. I get most of the plot. Doesn't look like there's gonna be too much that's going to surprise me. Um, and then you almost have to make a decision if you're still going to go see that movie anyway. Mm -hmm. And chances are, depending on what it is or who's in it or whatnot, whatever your taste run to, you're going to go see that movie, you know, anyway, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you're already looking up, you know, information about it. So you're already interested in it. Yeah. You know, so if you're getting as far as what's the rating. You're just like, yeah, more like you, you're going to go see it. You just almost want someone to confirm your biases. <laughs> Confirmation bias, sir. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You're just looking for somebody else to <laughs> to, to second that emotion. <laughs> to quote Smokey.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. No, you, you, you're probably right. You're probably right because I think, you know, even for yourself and myself, Um, Mm -hmm. despite, you know, if Tarantino actually did get a low, under 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I still would probably watch it. And and partially because, you know, for people who, um, whose films I'm really big fans of, like Michael Mann or Mm. Woody Allen, uh, back in the day, watching... Watching them fail is even sometimes more entertaining than watching someone lesser talented succeed. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like watching You're Tarantino yep. fail would be fascinating to me. Like, yeah, you know when he did that Four Rooms, in which he was only like a you know a quarter of Four <laughs> Rooms, but yep. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> mm, mm. You know, and I mean that was
1: right after Pulp Fiction, so I was immediately thinking, dang, is Pulp Fiction? It is Reservoir Dogs. In Pulp Fiction, his off the wall, his thriller, and he,
0: and he, and he ain't got nothing else, you know. Day.
1: <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So the, you know, there are definitely times where it's like, I'm still gonna check it out because, like, you know, Michael Mann did uh, Collateral with Jamie Foxx and with uh, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise and uh, Jada Pinkett. And while yeah. it's a very flawed movie for me in terms of the story. Michael Mann as a filmmaker and the way he shot it, and the way it Mm. felt, and the the thrill he just he don't miss yo. It's like that Snoop Dogg. Don't miss this motherfucker. Don't miss yo. He can't. Don't miss miss, (laughs) (laughs) Never. So um, Michael Rappaport in the background. He's good. He's good. He. (laughs) but But yes but yeah man where it was just like you know i again i just had problems with the with the plot itself but cruz's performance Mm. and some of the other character actors that were in it and jamie fox and 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 the way he shot it all at night you know it's you know it's even though i don't co-sign the movie it's one of my it's one of my rewatchable all-in-one-night movies you know where mm. it all happens from sundown mm-hmm. to sunup. It's it's one of my one one of right. my go tos as far as I just enjoy you know being in the cab with uh you know with Max and with uh with uh Vincent and uh you know and uh, I forgot Jada Pinkett's character's uh, name. Right. But um. But yeah, going back to what you said, man, about uh, corporate masters. So, and of course, doing some research before we had this conversation, I'm like. I find out that Rotten Tomatoes is owned. It used to be owned by Fandango, and now it's owned by uh, Comcast, Universal, and Warner Brothers.
0: Did you know that? No. In fact, I didn't. I had always wondered, like, where are they get their funding from. Who is keeping the site afloat? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they were owned, you know, by anyone like that. Yeah. You know, but like we were discussing before we got into the conversation, it really does put an eye into like that's that's not suspicious about you know certain movies made by those studios owned by those companies right. is there a, 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 an underlying agenda at all
1: right like the, the fast and furious movies I think we can say pretty much without with unequivocate unequiv- with, with no equivocation. Those movies have definitely gotten worse as they've gone on. They've just, they just, <laughs> they have sure absolutely have. gotten. Worse. I mean, they were they were fine to begin with. Got a little wobbly in the middle. Came back with Fast Five, and has continued to get wobbly ever since, as far as I'm concerned. And you know, those movies are those are a Universal Studios production, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, like you said, you have to wonder if there's a bit of a conflict of interest. I, I'm not, I didn't. Google what the uh, the ratings were for the Fast and Furious movies on Rotten Tomatoes. But, you know, Universal, Comcast Universal makes a shit ton of movies. Uh, Warner Brothers makes a shit ton of movies. I think uh, Universal owns 75% of uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Dis- and Warner Brothers Discovery owns 25%. But you have to kind of wonder, mm-hmm. like you said, is there, you know, how, how can you completely impartially rate something when your corporate overlords, you know, are
0: making the product that you're rating. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And hence why, you know, when it comes to, you know, know, those ratings these days for very uh, populist movies, I'll say, I look at that very suspiciously. Mm -hmm. Just like, yeah, Mm mm-hmm, yeah, okay, Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Well, I wanted to end things yeah. by I, I made a short list of movies and I looked up their Rotten Tomato scores, and I wanted mm-hmm. to 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 give you each film and see if you can guess within maybe ten or ten or ten or so percent what its rating is on Rotten Tomatoes on the on the tomato okay. on the Certified Tomato Meter or whatever it's called. So. Um, most of these are all movies right. that you've seen. There may be one on here that you haven't seen, but you've seen most of these. If not, I know you've seen all of these. Matter of fact, I, I'm not even going to bullshit. I know you've seen all of these. All right. Okay. One of them you, ha- I think you haven't <laughs> seen. But here we go. Okay. Okay. And and since the 35th anniversary of Die Hard is is this year, what do you think Die Hard has on Rotten Tomatoes? What what percentile do you think
0: it's in? All right. That, that's going to be an easy one um, since it came out pre-Rotten Tomatoes and it's been very popular since then mm-hmm. you know and everyone loves the first one I'm, I'm going to um, I'm going to give you probably a 95% almost dead
1: on 94% ah. <laughs> almost dead on 1%
0: percentage
1: Josh sir okay. The, okay okay Star Wars A New Hope what do you think?
0: um mm, same thing same thing um pre-rotten tomatoes popular movie everyone loves it nerd classic i'm gonna give that <laughs> you know what I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give i'm gonna give that i'm gonna give that a ninety-nine a 99
1: okay all right you're a little further off on this one 93.
0: Okay, 92%. all right, so it's in that percentile. 93 okay. percentile, yeah. <laughs> now,
1: I would imagine M- yeah. Empire probably scored higher is, is my guess.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be my guess. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Moving more modern day. Uh, right. Emily the Criminal, which I recommended to you, by the way, and you saw and you enjoyed it.
0: And I saw it. I did. Okay. I, I actually loved it. What, what, would, you, what right. would you guess? I'd say that's going to probably be about 83 or an 80, okay. somewhere in there, 80, 83%. Okay,
1: you're within 10 points, 93%. So it rates oh, okay. almost as high as Die Hard, almost as high as Star Wars A New Hope or anything else within that class, oddly enough. Uh, and, mm. and you're right, it was was it is a really great movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. Okay, now the rest of these are going to be a little more challenging. Okay. All right. Uh, remember the Netflix Western, The Harder They Fall? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would you guess it has on
0: Rotten Tomatoes? Because mm, mm. you and I
1: both really enjoyed Man.
0: that enjoyed that movie. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, of course, we loved it. But I'm a guess that Rotten Tomatoes though was probably probably about 79.
1: Uh, are you, okay, you're 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 a little over 10, 10 points, 88 percent. Not bad. Ah, not bad. Okay. All Basically, right. what they're saying, yeah. what the eighty-eight percent is, 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 it's not perfect, but it's definitely worth checking out. You know. Yeah. So definitely worth yeah. checking out. Okay, here's one of your favorites from okay. nineteen seventy-one or seventy-seven. Sorcerer.
0: Ooh. Okay. Now what- this goes to. <laughs> 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 this goes back to people revising history. You know, because as we all know, when it first came out, people were dogging it. It's like, oh, freakins' lost it all. Oh, this movie, mm-hmm. such and such, was not was not critically nor popular in terms of its um, acclaim. Mm-hmm. But people gone back and seen it for the masterpiece that it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna guess that nowadays, uh, Rotten Tomato probably rates it as uh, as uh, probably 88. Or, or, you know what? i even go as high as 90%. 88 to 90%. You're
1: close. You're close. 81%. 81%. Okay. 81%. Yeah. And directed by William Friedkin, of course, The French Connection, and um, hmm. The Exorcist? Roy Scheider. Oh, yes. That's and right. And then The Exorcist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Roy Scheider as, as the lead character. What year did it come out? What year did Sorcerer come out?
0: Oh, damn. Was it 71 or 77 or seventy? Oh, it was seventy seven. It was seventy seven because it went up against Star Wars. That's that okay. that's what killed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, like you said, there is something to be said about movies that came out a long time before Rotten Tomatoes was birthed. And then the idea that uh it had time to find its audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, we were ta- when we were talking about the critics earlier in our conversation about, you know, the uh you know, the Eleanor Ringles and um Richard Maltons and Siskel Ebert, et cetera, and those folks. Yeah. Part of the revisionism that you were referring to comes from, you know, a movie might come out on Friday. The critic might only get to see it twice between mm-hmm. Friday and Sunday, and then they have to write a review for it for the Sunday paper. And so they haven't had any time to live with it. So something. So for instance something where Siskel Eber might give something two out of four stars, what they might be saying was, mm. is I was entertained by this, but there were things about it that I missed or that I didn't get the first time I saw it. Think about how many films where you, yeah. after you see it a second or third time, the experience is e- more enriching. Like the first time I saw Goodfellas, I was just like, okay, it's good, and I was entertained, and it was well done, mm. and it was and it was thrilling, but more of the subtleties of it and the things that I think that are enriching about it as some kind of sacred text, that didn't come to me until after I owned it and I could watch it on my own and really watch it in my you know at my own pace and pause it and I could, you know, I could revisit it again or if it'd be on cable and you know I would catch it in scenes. Right. Now that it's lived longer, it, it has more of a lived in uh, uh presence. And I think that's what's happening with that was, mm-hmm. that, that's what happened with Ebert where he would revise his opinions and I think that's also what happens with, with like you said with Rotten Tomatoes where okay in 1970 in 1998 20 years after Sorcerer comes out you know they give it this high rating it might not have been that high in 1998 it might have just gotten to 81% you know the last right. 10 years you know
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so alright moving on hey, that's funny okay
1: Highlander 2
0: what do you think it's rated as <laughs> on the tomato meter, yo? Oh, oh man, I know that is rotten. I know it's a splat, man. That that's probably a twenty-nine percent. probably even lower. You're being too generous. Probably, I was gonna say it's probably <laughs> like a sixteen. You are being too generous, sixteen. Whoa, what is it, yo? It's a because it deserves whatever it's gonna get. It's sit. a goose
1: egg, baby. It's a zero, yo, a zero.
0: My hero. (laughs) They they, they even had a write-up on the
1: website where, like, they called it incomprehensible.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh,
1: yes. A a, zero percent. Oh man. Okay, I mentioned this one earlier, (laughs) and I'm gonna bring this one to the table as well. What do you think, Beverly Hills Cop Two,
0: is rated on Rotten Tomatoes? Mm. Okay. (sighs) Ah, man because I'm I'm sure I'm sure Beverly Hills Cop 1 is rated very high right so 2 is going to be less than that because it's not it's not 1 although
1: 2 was a very popular film probably made just as much money maybe even more than the first one more and a lot of people feel Mm -hmm. like uh, because that was Tony Scout who did the second one right yeah and a lot of people consider it a better made film than the first one the hardcore filmmaking Mm. is better not necessarily a better movie but a better made film I don't
0: know if yeah. I, I don't know you. if I okay. would agree,
1: but but what do you think? What do you think it rates on Rotten
0: Tomatoes? <laughs> Man, I probably give that. Well, not me. Uh, I think Rotten Tomatoes probably gave that a probably gave that a seventy nine. Being too generous. No, <laughs> being too generous. Yo. Really? Yeah. What? Less than fifty. yeah it's not. Wow. Less than fifty. Wow, because I thought. Yeah, I thought it was one of those like people know it's not as good as the first one, but you know, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Dude. 46%. a 46%. Wow.
1: All right, two more and we're done. All right. Taking it back to the 70s again, the black exploitation era. Yeah. Pam Greer's Foxy Brown. Which which mm. which has been running on MGM, I believe, over the last few weeks. What do you think its rated on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, yes
0: mm hmm. Now see that's that's a solid that's a solid uh seventy to seventy two percent. Just because it keep oh, go, really? ahead, go ahead go ahead finish your point. <laughs> because just it's the strength of Pam Greer, of course, you know, but I can see them taking points off. It's like, oh, Oh look! Look! Look at! Look at! You know the the age of the movie and some, of the, special effects, some of the violence that's in the, it. The violence, yeah.
1: the, the nudity, the drug use, the bad acting. You know. mm mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And yet, it's one of her so, signature
1: roles, though. So you know. Oh, it yeah. is.
0: Yes. So what did they give it, Joe?
1: Fifty-two percent.
0: That, I, don't, I don't like that's that. That's a little low. No, that's man. a little low. I don't, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> that's a little low. Now, granted, yeah. okay,
1: that's not highbrow cinema. Now, nah. I did watch a little bit of Foxy Brown nope. the other day with Antonio Vargas uh, doing, <laughs> doing drugs while he's having sex with the, uh, with, the with the white chick, and, and then the guys come in with the shotguns and shoot his ear shoot off, his ear and, off and, and, just... and, and then Foxy pulls her shotgun out and you suckers had <laughs> my sister on drugs and. You know, these these were not thespians, sir.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. So,
1: Damn. All right, last one. Bringing it back modern era. Right. 2014's John Wick, which you haven't seen John Wick, right?
0: I haven't. I haven't. But this is one of those things. It's like. I wonder how, how recent does a movie have to be for them to re- to revise it? Because I could easily see Rotten Tomatoes or Critics saying at the outset, oh, this is, uh, this is while it's energetic, this is very formulaic, you know? It's mm-hmm. a shoot them up and such and such, but once it started getting popular traction and then it started having these sequels to it, I could see them raising a the score, you know, from what it was originally. Yeah. So in light of that, I bet you, I bet you now, that first John Wick is probably a 92%. Uh, 82. So you're
1: within, you're okay. within 10 points, okay. 82%, 82%. And, you know, this was definitely like a word of mouth movie where, mm-hmm. uh, when it came out, you know, Keanu Reeves kind of needed a hit cause he had a couple, a couple of stinkers after, uh, the Matrix movies had ended. And... Yeah. They made it for I think maybe five million dollars or not five million dollars. It was a lot. It wasn't a lot of money. It's like maybe oh, it was like twenty five million dollars or something like that. He 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 took a very low salary for it, um, and they had a lot of challenges in the production. And then nobody expected it to be as big as it was. And it was just a word of mouth thing. It premiered at some festivals too, and all people talked about after the, I forgot which festival it was. Maybe it was Tribeca or something like that, where people were like, okay. "Oh man, yeah. did you see John Wick? You didn't see John Wick? Oh man, Keanu's back! Keanu's back!" You know kind of had that speed energy mm-hmm. or whatever so but i do wonder yeah. like like you said it would be interesting if rotten tomatoes showed the history maybe they do and we, i just didn't find it the history of the rating for the film where you could see how it's moved and how it's changed or if it has even changed you know uh from mm-hmm. what from what it originally was because like you said this John Wick, and then with the subsequent sequels, again, it almost becomes kind of a branding or almost kind of a trending thing where it's like, you know, by John Wick 3, it was like people just couldn't get enough of the guy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark. Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at SidebarForever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at SidebarForever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.